0: You're listening to Society Chats, the podcast of First United Methodist Church in Plano, Texas.
1: I guess I couldn't imagine not using my gift in church. Yeah, this, it, wasn't, it wouldn't have been an option for me not to go to church and use my gifts.
0: Today, we're in conversation with Robin Kaufman Anderson. Thanks for listening. Well, we are here with Robin Kaufman-Anderson, who is the Director of Worship Arts at First United Methodist Church here in Plano, and we are talking to her today on Society Chat, so I'm glad that you're here. Thanks for being here, Robin. Sure. Uh, So we're going to start with just some information about you for folks who don't know. Uh, So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you grew up, how how you made it to Texas uh, and your family and that sort of thing. So just talk about that for a minute.
1: Okay. Um, well, I grew up in South Dakota and uh, on a, in a little little farm um, near Freeman, South Dakota, which is in the southeastern corner, sort of-ish. So um, I grew up in a Mennonite community, but not the Mennonites with uh, bonnets or horse and buggy or that kind of thing. But in a very very christ-centered community uh, music was a very big part of that community so mm-hmm. um, our church was a mile from the house and i mean we were there all the time it was a, mm-hmm. yes it was a, well in fact in that community there were i mean so the community's like 1300 mm-hmm. there probably were nine ten churches and six of them were mennonite
0: i and i don't know this this is just me being curious uh how much overlap have you found between, the, I don't know much about the Mennonite tradition. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a lot of Mennonites in this part of the country.
1: No. Um, and they and they wouldn't be the kind that that would have been yes, like me. Yes. Had, had, yeah.
0: Yeah, there was a Mennonite community close to where I grew up in Texarkana, but they were, like you said, with the overalls and the bonnets and all that. that I, and everybody I, called them Amish, even right, though they weren't.
1: Right. And and I didn't even know that really existed until I got to college and somebody would say, oh, yeah, there's a Mennonite community there. and and, I'd, and I'm like, well, that's not, I mean, uh, that's, that's different than me.
0: <laughs> how much overlap is there between what you grew up with in the Mennonite church and the Methodist church, how, how, particularly musically? Mm-hmm. Uh, did you sing a lot of the same hymns or? Yeah. uh
1: uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. A, a lot of the same hymns. And um, I first got involved in a Methodist church when I was in grad school and I, I was a, a soprano soloist for a Methodist church. You know, Methodist was kind of somewhere in the middle it wasn't like being Catholic. It wasn't mm. like being Baptist. It was just, you know, kind of middle of the road. And I guess I kind of, I gravitated more more to that. In Kansas City, I did, I did both. I, did, I sang at this Methodist church, and then I went to the Mennonite church that was, that, that was in the, but, but a city Mennonite church and, a, and a, the Mennonite church I grew up in were very different because mm. one was very progressive and one was not as mm. progressive the church in Kansas City that that we attended for a while was very progressive in thinking, and mm. um, I would say the Methodist church is more progressive. Yeah. So, I mean, in that way, very, very similar. And then I went to a Mennonite college in Kansas, um, North Newton, Kansas, Bethel College. And then after that, I decided to get my master's degree at UMKC in Kansas City at the Conservatory of Music. So then I was in the Kansas City area for almost 10 years i want to say and then met wade and started to have a family and so my oldest sydney was actually born in overland park kansas and then um we moved to texas shortly after that um so and i wanted to i was teaching music at the time i was uh i taught elementary music for four years and middle school music seventh and eighth grade vocal music for five and then um started a family and I knew I wanted to stay home with my family. And so um, moving to Texas uh, kind of facilitated that. Uh,
0: okay. It
1: was a job promotion. Well, it was a, a job switch um, at Texas Instruments for Wade. And so that's what brought us here.
0: And so you guys have been here for?
1: Since 16, or yeah, almost 16 years, okay. 15 right. and a half.
0: So does this feel like home now to you? Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, um, when we were in Kansas City, we were, like, youth sponsors, and one time we went to San Antonio with our youth group to do, like, a a week of service, and we were there, and just thinking, oh, my gosh, who would ever want to live in Texas? It is so hot all you would do is sweat in the summertime. And and that's all we did there. And I was like, Gosh, oh, who would want to ever live here? Two years later, that's where we were. We were moving to Texas. And like, oh, well, okay. And the first summer was like, it was 2006. And it was a hot summer.
0: Well, you're not inaccurate in your description of what happens in the summer no, in Texas. No, no. Yes, we, it's all sweat all yep. summer. That yep. is true. So you have two kids, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so talk about your girls a little bit. Sure.
1: I've got two girls. Um, Sydney is 15 and a half and Ella is 13 and a half. And um, they are quite musical and um, they're very involved here at church with the youth choir and um, Sydney sings in the youth band, as you know, and they're very, very opposite. Their personality wise, they couldn't be more different, it provides a lot of. Interesting conversations and uh, interesting dealings at our house.
0: Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, it's a different thing when your parent is on staff at a church. Uh-huh. How how, do, how have they reacted to that? How do they because they, you because you've been here on staff for several years, mm-hmm. and so they've they've kind of grown up here and been right. around that. Mm-hmm. And um, how does that uh, feel different for them and for you guys, for you and Wade as you uh, uh, are parenting them? Has it changed the dynamic at all, or?
1: Um, they don't really know anything different. Mm. And so, because even when I wasn't, um, like a full-time staff person, we, we were here. I I would say that sometimes they think it's pretty cool, um, to be so involved and other times, you know, maybe they don't want to always be here. Um, but I mean, they, they love this church and but yeah, my my whole family is involved. I mean, Wade is involved with uh, media, and he gets called on probably more than he wants to be called on. But he's kind of my fallback if somebody cancels. Uh-huh. Oh, and then sometimes I forget to tell him, and so um, they probably wouldn't say it. But I think they do like being disinvolved. So that's good, especially the girls. So
0: what have you guys found as a family? that the church has brought into your life and how has it strengthened your, your, your family unit by being a part of this larger community?
1: Oh, I think it's just always very important to do things together and God, God shows up whether, whether we're ready for him or not. I mean, and you know, and we've had to make some difficult choices too, because like my youngest Ella, um, she's a fantastic softball player and um, her softball team, Went select wanted her to join the select team, which is primarily tournaments on Saturdays and Sundays. Mm. Well, that just that doesn't work for our family, right. and so she kind of had to stay back and not do the the whole select softball thing. And I mean, I love softball and I love going to her games, but that's just something as a family we weren't willing to sacrifice. And she. She understood, you know, disappointed for sure, but yeah. um, understood why this was not really an option yeah. for her.
0: What was it that drew you to music that that, you know, uh, if you have maybe some memory that pops into your head of of when you were uh, younger or maybe in school or whatever? Uh, I think musicians tend to have those moments of those little things that happened, you know, that, oh, this or that. And it, and it just creates that love in you for, for, you know, wanting to pursue it as a career. So talk a little bit about that.
1: Well, I was the youngest of four girls and, um, all my sisters were musical. We all took piano lessons and that was just something that was a non-negotiable and we had to take through the eighth grade. And then, you know, then we could, we could, you know, quit if we wanted to, but we needed to know how to read music. We needed to take piano lessons. And I was a little bit of a Stinker, if you will. I don't. I I didn't really like to practice piano. I mean, I was I was much better at singing than I was at piano, and I was much better um at playing the trombone than I was at piano. And so, and my older my sister, that's the closest to me in age, she liked to practice piano. And she, I mean, I don't know. I
0: she let you know too, didn't she?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, she really liked, it and I and I really didn't. And she was much better than me. And so I was like, ah. But we all took piano lessons, and I, and I was the only one of the four of us that, um, my mom said when I was in sixth grade, she was like, you can quit. And when she said that to me, I was like, well, I'm not going to quit. I can't, I'm not going to quit. So I didn't quit. I took through the eighth grade and then I, and then I stopped, but then I picked it up back up, you know, when I was a junior and senior and then took in college and, Mm. um, wished that I had practiced a whole lot more than I did so my three older sisters, they were pursuing a degree in music and music education. And so when I got to be a senior in high school, I was like, you know, I am not going to do that because, because I don't want to be just like my sisters. I wanted to do something different and, you know, find my, my own path and my own career. And mm. why would I want to do something that, you know, everybody else in my family has done. So I, I went to, college and well, what what interests you? Well, choir and music theory and all these other musical things. And so I did all of that. And, and pretty soon it was just like, quit fighting it. I mean, why? I mean, those, those were the talents God gave you. Why, why do you, why would you want to ignore that when, right. and uh, truth is I'm really not that great at anything else other than music. So I kind of needed to and and so, and that was my path. and and i'm I don't know what else I'd be doing uh, had I not chosen that path. but and my parents weren't, I mean, my dad had a beautiful voice, and my mom really wasn't that musical, but she was the pusher mm. of us. And she, I mean, they were they loved they loved music. And I grew up with a lot of classical music mm. and a lot of church music. and um it was just very, very ingrained and yeah. and grew up singing in, you know, in children's choir and all of that so
0: so why because there's a lot of things that you could do musically and, and you know you already talked about you did um, school music um, and uh, you know I, I I know this as a musician and and I'm not going to belabor the point just suffice it to say for people listening or watching that there's a lot of musical things that are the same across the board uh, that it doesn't matter if you were you know, if you're working at the Boston Pops or you're working at a church or you were working in a production studio on the latest Adele album, mm-hmm. music is music across the board. You know, there's those things that, that overlap, but uh, they are niches, you know. So school music is a little different than church music. And, uh, you know, so uh, being able to stay home with your kids, I know that was a big part of it but um was there something else that drew you to this idea of you know coming in and being a musician in the church which is which is a very different sort of thing than being a school teacher you know
1: right well i guess i think back to what my mom would say to me you know as as i was growing up and i would sing and she would she would always tell me that well god's given you a gift you need to make sure that you use it for His glory, and you know, um, so there really wasn't. Um, I guess I couldn't imagine not using my gift in church. It kind of uh, makes me a little emotional because when I th- think about, you know, the way I was raised, it was always, you know, use use the gifts that God has given you, and it wouldn't have been an option for me not to go to church and use my gifts.
0: So, what's the the favorite? part of your job the thing that when you have an, an off day because everybody has off days uh-huh. uh that's an important thing that that hopefully people will hear in these podcasts is mm-hmm. that you know just because you're a pastor or a staff member at a church does not mean that you have some sort of special secret sauce <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, right. uh we we struggle and, and go through things just like anybody else does mm-hmm. so um when you have that off day, or when something kind of is, you know, getting you down, uh, what is it in the in your role here that kind of drives you? And and uh, uh, I guess with the way that i phrased the question, what's the favorite part? Your favorite part of the job?
1: Well, it's talking to you, Micah. No, <laughs> um, uh, truthfully, there are most most aspects of my job I enjoy, but it's working with it's working with acquirers. It's um, you know I think about like our Christmas pops, and I mean, I've got the best seat in the house, you know, if you will, when I'm up there and I'm directing the choirs and the orchestras there, and you know there there are those very special moments when it's just like magical, and you I mean, so on my bad days, I have to think about those those moments, you know, um. But you know, just keep going. I mean, you can't can't quit. I mean, you just gotta, gotta gotta keep moving through those hard times. And music has always been a source of comfort for me. And favorite moments are, you know, moments with kids enjoying something. You know, it can it can even be just a conversation with a student. It can be a a, a hug when you know somebody is going through a really rough time. And um, Just, I don't know, those are my favorite moments, but those are the most meaningful, I guess.
0: Talk a little bit about um, planning and planning for worship and planning for the events and the things that um, the church does, like the Christmas pops or other special services. Uh, So like what kind of time and energy goes into that? But a lot of people don't have any concept of how much work it takes to create Right. An event, you know, and, and they sort of have this concept I found, and I'm sure you've experienced this as well, that people seem to sort of have this idea that it's like, oh, well, you if you have this skill singing or playing or whatever, oh, well, well you can just get up and do the thing. Uh-huh. And uh, I mean, there's an element of truth to that, but right. Right. not if you want everything to run smoothly. You know, I mean, yeah, you can fly by the seat of your pants for a minute, but not for an hour and 20 minute concert. Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So
0: so maybe talk about it in two parts. Like what 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 goes into planning a Sunday service, just your typical weekly what we do on a week to week basis, and then kind of maybe dovetail into the idea of how does that um, work its way into planning these much larger events and these Mm -hmm. special events and that sort of thing?
1: Pastor Matt is really good about having things planned out and having the scripture and the sermon planned out for, you know, a long time. And so that is is super helpful in my planning. So a lot of times, I mean, I might take, you know, a day and plan through for four weeks of worship and I will look at the scripture, I'll read the scripture and I will look at the sermon title and and a lot of times songs will just jump out you know and it's like obvious what you would sing and i know before i had this job there'd be plenty of times that i would i would hear the sermon I was like man i would have perfect song for this but you know nobody asked me so <laughs> it's it's nice to have that because i that, because i'm very intentional about what we sing and and why we sing it kind of a, a funny aside um before i before i had this job My husband would, you know, was like, I just don't understand how, how that could be a full time job. I mean, how, you know, how hard could it that, you know, that's not a full time job. Well, it didn't last very long. I mean, it was very early on into that he was like, okay, I can, I guess I can see how, because I mean, he saw how how long I how hard I was working and you know how much time that I was putting into things that, so
0: planning for the choir and going through that process. Talk yeah. a little bit about the process of, you know, how you go through, uh, uh, you know, right. I mean, they're like, there's there's this work that goes into choosing choir anthems. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, yes, what you talked about of wanting those things to kind of dovetail with the sermon, mm-hmm. but um, what are the other things you're looking for when you're going through that process? Like talk through that process of how you pick uh, and plan out those choir anthems.
1: Well, sometimes it is as easy as going, oh, I really like that one. I'm going to pick that one. I'm going to see if where where this song will fit. And so mm-hmm. then I take that anthem and I will go and I'll look at the scriptures and, and then I'll figure out which Sunday we can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's other times when I pick out an anthem and I look at and like, okay, this has eight parts in it. Uh, no, well, we don't have that. You know, it, our, our the choir, you know, sometimes the pieces are...
0: Yeah, the, the complexity is yeah, just... Yeah, the,
1: the complexity. Yeah, I, I it's wanted too to say much. that sure. in a nice way. Yeah. Um, but, eight part music that's pretty hard it is yeah it's pretty hard to sing if you don't have a you know sixty voice right. choir right yeah yeah so uh, no offense to Manny
0: no no not there, at all but, um talk talk now about oh, special special events,
1: events. oh yeah, goodness. yeah 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 because that's a whole different animal details 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 yeah. yeah um and so just the other day i was thinking you know i really feel on top of things and then then i get then i have this panic cuz i'm thinking okay what have i Forgotten because there are just there's so many and of course there were a couple things that i hadn't uh, quite thought of um so yeah there's just you're constantly going through that checklist of okay um and it's and it's anything i mean it's anything and everything from like okay making sure that who i've hired as supplemental orchestra players like i've got their you know check requests ready and Mm -hmm um to what what are we going to serve at you know between the rehearsal to the you know to the concert you know there's going to be some time there so I got to order something for that and and I mean that doesn't even you know touch on the choir or the music or Mm -hmm. yeah so Mm -hmm. there's just a lot of yeah the the big events are they're big events and it's uh, a lot of details to remember and a lot of details to check off and I'm yeah. not as good with delegating things as I probably should be. Maybe I think it's part partly it's I like to have control and I don't like to ask. I, I'm not, I don't like to ask people for sure. help. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I tend to do a lot of things myself.
0: You know, we've sung as Christians in our worship services mm-hmm. from as far back as we have history. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's such an important part of what we do Uh, but what is it about that, that you say as a worship person, as a music person that you say, you know, here's why this is so important to me. Here's, here's how I connect the practicality of, you know, music and what key it's in and all the details Mm -hmm. with the actual boots on the ground. People are sitting out there and we're connecting this so that we can worship. Mm Uh, what's... I guess the simple way to ask it is: Why is music important in our services? Why do we need it?
1: Music is music speaks to your soul. I mean, I, I, I mean, this is kind of a complicated question, and yeah. yet not. I mean, I can't imagine worship without music. To me, that wouldn't be worship. There, there have been times where the music is. I mean, and, I, and I've been to you know many different church services but a lot of times the music is is what is going to speak to me and um, the music is where I'm gonna feel the closest to God you know I have this uh plaque or something in my office uh, that just says when words fail music speaks and that's that's very true I mean for me personally I mean I can't imagine just coming to hear a sermon. I mean, no offense to any pastor out there, but that's not, that's not what, that's not what my heart needs. My heart, I mean, sure, you, you need the sermon, but my heart needs, you know, good music.
0: So um, one of the things that I I, I know you've heard this because you're a church musician and a church worship leader. Uh, and I hear people tell me when I've been in churches, um, you know, I don't sing, Mm -hmm. I'm not a singer. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and I've even had people use that as an excuse for why they don't engage in worship at all. They say, well, I don't sing, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's the, um, that's their rationale. Uh, and, you know, while that is a a reasonable explanation for why you may not be in the choir, Mm -hmm. fair enough, you know yeah, but, <laughs> i mean if you're if you're not a singer then you probably don't the choir's probably not the place for you right. gosh music is so important like what you just talked about in our worship services even if you're not a singer to me if you're not engaging in the worship there's a disconnect that's happening there it's such an important part of what we do so mm-hmm. so i guess what are your thoughts on uh, maybe an encouragement or that you might say or talk to somebody about you know why even if you're not a singer that uh, as we come into the services, that we should be engaging in, in worship uh, through song.
1: I mean, there's many ways that you can be involved in the worship service. As far as serving, I mean, join join our media team. You don't have to sing to be, you know, yeah, don't, don't join the choir, but you can certainly uh, uh, be um, involved in worship, you know, serving in that way. Um, as far as like the person that comes in, to the church service and, um, doesn't want to sing. I mean, that's fine, but you, you still hear it. I think, I think you can still appreciate, Mm. um, the offering of somebody else. Mm. Um,
0: it's, it's so difficult because, uh, people are so self-conscious and I understand that. And, you know, for me, I've been singing since birth literally. And, uh, you know, I was, they told me I sang before I talked. And, you know, so for me, it's a natural inclination to do that in worship. But I think uh, uh, you made a good point that, um, you know, you can be open to engaging in worship with your heart, with your spirit, Uh, even if you say, the best thing I can do for the people around me is to not sing. (laughs) Okay, well, so a funny story.
1: The first time that Wade and I were newly dating, and so he came to church with me. And this was at the Mennonite Church in Kansas City. And um, we stand up to sing a hymn. Wade is just, he's singing loud and he can't sing. I mean, he just, I mean, he, but he was cert- making a joyful noise for sure. But we're singing and I'm just like mortified because I am so concerned about the people around us and what they are hearing and that, and and what they're going to think. but. He's, I mean, he's just, and so I thought, okay, well, I'll sing a little quieter, so maybe he won't sing as loud, because I think with me singing out, he was gaining that confidence to sing out, and it, I mean, you know, pulled way back, you know, singing really softly to, you know, maybe shh him a little bit, but we were still very newly dating, so we didn't know each other all that well, so I didn't want to just say shh, you know, so I didn't want to hurt his feelings, but it was, but... When we got when we sat down, I was just almost drenched in sweat because I was just mortified that what were people ever gonna think? And I tell this story, and and Wade is you know like he just thinks it's funny because and now I mean and he does not sing, but he still sings. Yeah, and he still will be, he will be involved in the music, and uh, there have been times like when we would go to. Um, like even the it was like the sunrise service once, and he was standing up there and he was holding out his hands and he was just you know taking it all in, and he probably was singing too um but I don't know you don't you don't have to be a Carnegie Hall ready to you know to um feel the spirit,
0: yeah, absolutely i I agree with you it's you know people just uh. Part of coming here and being together and worshiping together is just being engaged and and letting God speak however that's going to happen. Letting the Spirit move in your own life however that's going to happen. You know, uh, and sometimes that's sometimes that's singing off key and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, preferably not if you have the microphone though. Well, that's right, the...
1: <laughs> right, right, or standing in the front row of the choir. Yeah. Oh.
0: Is there some worship music and, that is particularly meaningful to you? or So do you have some music like that that, that you have found that's, that's powerful in your own life, that uh, maybe your touchstones that you've come back to over the years, mm-hmm. that God's really spoken to you through music in that special way?
1: One of my favorite, all-time favorite songs is Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone, mm-hmm. you know, the, the new version of Amazing Grace. And um, it gets me just about every time um, a sp- you know, I just, my chains are gone. I've been set free, you know, just that, that gets me. And then the fourth verse of the earth shall soon dissolve like snow. You know, I just, um, yeah, I, I can get emotional a- anytime I sing that. And that's, and, and that's, that's a really that I didn't grow up with that song. That's sure. been one that, you know, has been introduced in the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years or whatever. Right. Um, but that's that's one that gets me all the time i mean mu- music was always in our home and some of my favorite songs like how how can i keep from singing my life goes on that's that's another one of my very favorite songs
0: Talk some about the music programs here. You know, right now we've got our uh, we've got adult choir, we've got children's choir, we've got youth choir, contemporary band. Talk a little bit about those programs and and how to get involved with those, or uh, why they might want to be involved with some of those programs.
1: Well, I mean, I think our the the most visible. Well, I mean, at eleven o'clock we have the chancel choir and just come on Wednesdays. I mean, come come to rehearsal on Wednesdays on, at seven, um, and then the youth. They sing at our nine o'clock service and they sing just about every Sunday. They make it a couple of Sundays off here and there when there's some school breaks and stuff, but, and for, they'll sing the cantata with us on for Anya's Stay and then they'll sing at the Pops concert as well. So um, my favorite time is when they join together, when they join their voices together and they all sing in one, one big choir. And for me, that's just, it's, uh, I mean, it's beautiful to, to see uh you know a twelve year old singing next to somebody that is not twelve <laughs> that might be a little older than than that um and just to to see the the generations and what kind of um I don't, just the beautiful relationships that can form between yeah. you know across the generations and yeah. and when you're all just you know it's it's really quite amazing to, you know, have all those voices singing as one and and singing for the glory of God. I mean, there's nothing better. And then children's choir uh, is on Sunday mornings um, from 1040 to 1110-ish, something like that. And um, Kim Ross is leading that. And uh, my daughter Sydney is helping with that as well. Yeah. I mean, th- those are, co- I mean, we, we orchestra, I mean, I have a very small orchestra. Um, so when we do big productions like our cantata and um, pops, I will hire some extra orchestra players, but um, the orchestra meets on Sunday afternoons at two from two to three thirty. And, um, uh, right now we don't, uh, we don't have anybody doing the, the bells, we used to have um, chancel ringers. Um, that's taken a little hiatus now, but um, hopefully get that started up again, so.
0: So for somebody that might wanna join the chancel choir, somebody who comes to church or maybe who's new here mm-hmm. that might be interested in joining the chancel choir, I mean, come at seven, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. on uh-huh. Wednesdays. Uh-huh. Uh, but maybe they haven't been in choir for a while or maybe it's been a while for them to do it, or maybe they don't read music are they okay to come are oh, they going to be all right to come and be part of the group
1: I, I would say that i would venture to say that most of my well at least half does not read music um, in the choir so no you do not need to know how to it's a it's great if you do but that's not necessarily a requirement and it's not a, it's not an audition i mean i i don't hold auditions for right. choir maybe if i did maybe people would i, I don't know i don't know i don't think so um, <laughs> I don't hold auditions for before uh, you come and figure out, you know, which which part you want to sing and put you in a group. And if if you're somebody that doesn't read notes and really needs to be beside a strong leader, I will put you by one of my one of my leaders. So uh, somebody that does read music and but yeah, no, I mean, it's it's a great time great time to join the choir.
0: Talk about, uh, a little bit about the community that's formed in the choir, you know, uh, the supportive network that's there because okay. it really is. It's, it's not just singing. There's more to it. Than no,
1: that. no. I mean, the choir was the first thing, the first organization that I joined when I, when we first came in 2006, we came, uh, we liked the church, and I joined the choir like within probably the first month or two that I was here. And it was a great way to get to know people. There's a community there that just can't be. I mean, I mean choir people are faithful people, mm. and they'll they'll be here on those days when they don't necessarily want to, but they but they're uh, but there's. There there have been many times that when I have maybe not necessarily or I've been tired and I'm just like, ah, oh, I wish I didn't have choir rehearsal. But I'm always blessed. I'm always blessed at the end. Um there's something that has has blessed me and um, or someone mm. that has blessed me.
0: Our choirs are 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 trending towards older members. Mm-hmm. And, and I've always, you know, sort of wondered well, well, what's the disconnect for younger folks? Uh, Because I know that there are people who sang in choir, you know, either in college or in school or who, who enjoy singing Mm -hmm. and would be just blessed by being there, by being part of the community that you talked about. And uh, uh, so what, what would be an encouragement that, that you could give to those folks to say, you know, uh, come and and be a part of this and help us continue this tradition of having choir in our services.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a concern um, because I do have a lot of older members. And um, if you sang in the choir at sure or at school, um, I would love I would love to know about that. I mean, if there's, I mean, because I mean, we we need we need younger folks. I mean, you gotta. I mean, you look ten years down the road, twenty years. I mean, it it is a concern, and it, it's a concern across. I mean, yeah. it, that's a concern every choir director has yeah. in the church. I mean, I think for a lot of younger folks, you know, they've got a lot of um, their kids are involved in lots of things, or they're involved in inter um, in in select sports, or you know, it's uh, people are busy. I mean, and if if I wasn't if I wasn't uh, employed by the church i probably would probably be busy too or be too tired you know if i had a different a, a, a different job and choir you know i but i i did i mean i made that i made that decision you know prior to being the director here i mean i came to choir every wednesday night that was just you know some yeah. but but that was that was how i could serve in church i think our Church sometimes can be uh people want to come to church to be fed. And I think you kinda of have to switch your mentality of how can you how can you contribute. I mean, mm-hmm. we're it's it's not just a can't be just a consumer mm-hmm. society. We we come so we can give back. Mm-hmm. Um and, and you can have how how can I serve the church? Well, you can serve the church by singing in the choir you can serve the church by being involved in the media team um you can serve the church by uh, countless other things that you yeah. know that that our church you know has you know missions that we can contribute so yeah. um yeah but we uh, we need younger folks in choir
0: okay so let's let's do some these are the, the, the questions that everybody that's on that' gets interviewed with these is uh, I kind of have these sort of Fun, I guess, questions uh-huh. at the end here. So let's talk about. Do you have some favorite movies? Do you have do you have any movies that are that are favorites of yours?
1: Um, I think probably my favorite movie of all time is The Green Mile. I can't tell you why necessarily I mean, so it has every it has suspense. Have you seen it? Oh yeah. Okay. yeah. So it has suspense in it, it has mystery in it, and then um just a it's just a beautiful story. I and I saw that in the movie theater, and I believe I was with my sister. And I had got some information wrong. And I um I I thought that it was a true based on a true story. Oh. so I tell her before we get in there, I said, this is based on a true story. And then certain things happen in the movie, and I'm like, oh. And I turned to her and I'm like. I think this must be based on a book instead of a true story because you know there's you know weird things that happen right in there. right yeah. uh, like Stephen King I mean goodness gracious right. but uh, but that that probably is my favorite and I, my, I think my favorite move my favorite um, part in that movie is um, at the end when Big John is in the chair and he just says I, I feel all this hate I feel I feel they they people they they hate me. And um, Tom Hanks's character can't remember what his name is. Um, but he says, "Well, then look at me. Look at me. We don't hate you. We love you. It's a great movie.
0: It is powerful story.
1: Mm-hmm. very powerful. Any others? I mean, that's the one that sticks out. I mean, honestly, I like um, I'm more into, like, Dateline and Forty Eight Hours, like the true okay. crime. Um, I've always been into that. So that's, okay. I mean, if, if I were to, uh or, or uh, if I were to read a book, I'd like to read about a, a true crime. You know, a true crime novel where it's
0: gotcha. where you're
1: like, why would they do that? You know, and it, yeah, that's that's so how
0: documentaries and that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, right, right, yeah.
1: more into that. Yeah, and I will say that uh, I do friends got me through my knee surgery (laughs) they they were my friends when i was sitting and couldn't do anything but i mean i watched you know and i was just just watch you know nick at night or i mean just watch all the time and wade was so tired of friends but i'm like it's really funny and they're like this i mean it truly got me through uh when i was immobile so
0: so if our listeners want to connect with you or, or church members or whoever, if they want to connect with you, how, how can they get in contact with you?
1: Our Anderson at fumcplano.org is my email address. And I don't know if I should give out my, my phone number. My phone number. <laughs> maybe not your <laughs> phone number. But, I co- contact the church and I'm, I would be happy to, you know, talk with any of you. So.
0: Well, cool. Well, thanks for being here. Thanks for being part of a uh, society chat and we've learned to join the choir and be part of the program or the AV team or youth choir or children's choir. Great. Well, uh, glad that you're here today. Thank you. Okay.
1: You're very welcome.